Are you interested in learning more about how to start your Salesforce career? Be sure to register for our next live webinar showing you exactly how the Salesforce Career Development Program works, our latest statistics, and up-to-date information about what's going on in the Salesforce ecosystem. To register now, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash live. That's talentstacker.com forward slash L-I-V-E. We look forward to seeing you on the next live webinar. One thing I want to point out too is who am I comparing myself to if I was to fail? You know, most people my age are partying and drinking and abusing drugs in college. And that's an absolutely ridiculous way to spend your time. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the, the Salesforce, Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's show, find out how a college degree may help a tiny bit with imposter syndrome, but not by much. A lot of times you'll see job descriptions that are just copy paste and will say it requires a four-year degree. And I think a lot of people who don't have a degree look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, like they're going to find out and I'm not qualified when really no one cares. Also, Anita sums up why anyone thinking of a Salesforce career as an alternative to college should just take the plunge. To summarize everything, college bad, Salesforce good. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In our last episode, we spoke with Heather Roden about her Salesforce career and how it completely changed her trajectory towards financial independence. She used geo-arbitrage to move to a lower cost of living area to be closer to her family and to find time to spend more time doing the things she values in life. In this week's episode, we're going to switch gears and speak with another special guest. And here with me today, I have Anita Smith. Welcome to the show, Anita. Hey, happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, we finally got moved. So things are settling down on our end. Yeah. So I'd like to introduce a very special guest. He is the youngest talent stacker, the youngest person to go through our program to land a job just in time to be old enough to drink to celebrate his job landed. So Nicholas, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I guess kick us off. And Nita mentioned it. You're the youngest talent stacker to become an alumni of the program. So how young were you when you, I guess, got started on the Salesforce career path? So my brother was just graduating college and he was on the job hunt. I was looking around with him and I just found Salesforce administrator as a job. I started watching some YouTube videos and I found your channel, Bradley, and I found it really inspiring. And especially your story really resonated with me. So I just started doing some trailhead in April of 2020 started messing around a little bit. And uh, here we are now. That's really impressive. So I guess at that age, you're probably just, you know, a couple of years out of high school. So I imagine, were you in college at the time? Yeah, I was in a community college uh, near my house. And are you still in college? Not anymore. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess how long were you in college before you made the transition out? And were you, you know, based on the previous episodes, if everyone's listened, the audience should know, that you're probably spending time on Trailhead and LinkedIn and getting certifications and searching for jobs. And were you balancing all of that while at the same time, I guess, taking classes? And I I imagine you were at this tipping point where you were trying to figure out, is college the thing I need to do because I need to have this in my back pocket just in case things go south? And then trying to figure out how much to dedicate to Salesforce. I mean, how do you go through that process of balancing those two things? Yeah, that's exactly right. Balancing them wasn't too hard, actually. A lot of people have capacity to work, and that was my job. I'm lucky enough to live with parents who provide for me. So I had the capacity to instead work, I could look at my future. I always knew I really didn't like school. I actually dropped out of high school too, and I got a GED instead. 
I love the freedom that dropping out of school gave me. It felt like I was finally in charge of my own life for once. And that thought was always in the back of my head while I was at college. So it was a real blessing to finally land a job. And I stayed in college for a little bit while doing my job. But after a couple months, I realized that no one cares about my college degree if I was to get one. So I just decided to go full steam ahead on Salesforce, get some more certs and really just dial it in there. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you dropped out of high school. I have so many questions. First, what grade did you decide to drop out? Were you junior or senior? I left in the middle of junior year. It just felt like I was in a prison and I really wanted to leave. How did your parents react to that? They understood that I really was not happy there. And I told them my plan just to get a GED and go to community college and figure out what I wanted to do then. They were all for it. So I got my GED and they were pretty happy that I took control of my own life like that and had a plan. That is pretty incredible for your parents to be that understanding because I know my parents would have <laughs> disciplined me. <laughs> I guess that, that's a nice way of putting it if I tried to tell them I wanted to drop out of high school. So then was telling them that you wanted to drop out of college a bit easier. How did you handle that? Yeah, what made it a lot easier is that a fact that I had a salary and I was financially responsible with my money. So they had all the faith in the world in me to understand what my choices were going to impact and that I could do it if I put my mind to it. Having parents that are really trusting and give me the leash to live my life um, has been a real blessing and they've been really supportive along the way. That's incredible. And I can definitely see the freedom and I can definitely imagine, you know, the parents out there listening. I know all the kids are like, yeah, preach Nicholas, but I can imagine the parents who are out there like, hey, hold on a second. I don't know if my kid's responsible enough to have that level of you know, responsibility on their shoulders. So I guess I'm interested in how, I mean, this is sort of like the storybook you know, idea of I drop out, but I'm still successful in spite of these sort of countercultural decisions. So how do you come across Salesforce in all of this? I mean, you're, I imagine you're working, you're going to college and you decide for some reason, okay, I decided to go to community college and I got my GED and I'm sure you had a degree in mind or a future in mind. So what had you second guessing that decision going, you know what, I don't know if finishing four years of college is what I want to do. Maybe there's an alternate decision and I should start looking into options. Well, it really started, I just looked up what Salesforce was because I came across it on job sites like Indeed. And when I looked it up, I found your channel and just your story about going into independent consulting and kind of falling into Salesforce really resonated with me. And I had no particular interest of what I wanted to do afterward. I was thinking I'd go into sales because that's what my mom did. And I felt like I'm a people person, so I could be good at that. But I had no real drive to do that particularly. I just wanted to pay the bills. So Salesforce was something like, hey, I'll just try it out and we'll see what happens. Because ultimately, you got to make a choice and just do something. And you can be happy if, if you make a choice. It's all about a mindset, you know? Yeah. So question... Was there a point like you researching into Salesforce, going through Trailhead where you're like, aha, yeah, this is for me? Yeah, I'd say when I got certified, honestly, I just decided I would just try my hardest to get certified and to make this happen. I don't really know why. I think hearing Bradley's story was probably what did it. I definitely want a family someday. And the idea of working remote and having potentially flexible hours someday, if I worked contract or independent consulting... That was the dream. And I think that dream pushed me to get certified and to try and land a job. That's incredible. I mean, I wish I had discovered Salesforce when I was 20, 21 years old, because I would have been able to 
retire in like 10 years. I spent so much money going to college. It was It's a good option, but it's not benefiting me in my current Salesforce career. But yeah, that's really cool. I 100% agree. College is really expensive. And unless you have the ability to have your parents pay for it or something, going into debt for a degree that you might not even want to end up using is a really horrible thing. And more and more, I'm seeing people in my generation, people in your generation, Anita, they're realizing that college is a scam. The things we're taught in college is absolutely ridiculous. I learned about geography. I learned about politics. None of this actually matters to me making money and providing value to the world. So I realized that and it was painfully obvious. And I'm sure it's painfully obvious to many of the people listening to this podcast, no matter how old you are. Yeah. And I'll say that I agree with a, you know, a lot of what you said, but there's part of this that is, like I mentioned before, it's, it's countercultural, right? Like there are so many people, especially I'll say in the millennial generation, which is Anita and I, who, I mean, my parents, at least, I don't know about you, Anita, but my parents and grandparents were like, you're going to college. That is the only thing that you do. If you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. That was ingrained in us from an early age, right? Like make your grades, you can get into a good school so that you actually have opportunity in the world. And I remember so many stories of people saying, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. And that was like this trophy that they could hold up and that they were furthering their family in the world because they were the first one to graduate from college. So how did you deal with that? I guess, was that something that was on your mind? Like, what if I go against the grain? What if I don't follow the standard narrative and I fail? And then I'm going to look, you know, ridiculous for challenging things and ending up worse off because of it, I guess. Did that impact your decision-making at all? Or how did you tell yourself, I guess, talk yourself out of that? Because I imagine a lot of listeners today, especially if they're your age or they're in high school, they're thinking those exact thoughts. Like, what if I mess this up and I, you know, I try something new and it doesn't work out for me? Yeah, I totally hear you. That was a concern. It was a small concern though, because I had faith in my ability to land a job and the fact that so many other people were doing it. I wasn't too worried about actually landing a job because I knew the the path was laid out by your program and the things I've heard from the people in the community, I was confident that I would be able to. And the worst case was that I didn't like it. Not that I couldn't land a job. I knew I could. Just like most people, I have, I have enough communication skills and enough street smarts that I can carry myself well enough to land a job if I have the book smarts of knowing the platform. The only problem was if I didn't like it. And that's totally fine. If I wanted to change careers, I still can do that. You know, I'm young, so there's really no no reason not to just go and try it out. That is a really great mindset to have. Yeah, you're young. Just go for it. Take the risks when you can. Because like, when you're old like me and Bradley, we can't take risks as much. As much. But you can still definitely because we're none of us are old here. We're all blessed to be young enough to do what we want to do and have, you know, we might have other responsibilities, but we're able bodied people. And that's something to be thankful of. One thing I want to point out too is who am I comparing myself to if I was to fail? You know, most people my age are partying and drinking and abusing drugs in college. And that's an absolutely ridiculous way to spend your time. And it's honestly one of the not as talked about issues with college is that people go there and they develop alcohol addictions and horrible habits surrounding relationships and the way they treat and go around with their peers. It's a total waste of time, in my opinion. If you want to party, you can do that at home with, you know, closer friends that you have from back home. and it doesn't have to be as pathological as it oftentimes is in college. So that's something that the parents out there should definitely think about. 
what your kid's actually doing when they're at college, they're probably pounding some white claws and doing ridiculously stupid things that you would be horrified about. God, you are like so wise beyond your years. I wish I had that mindset when I was your age. So it sounds like you haven't experienced much lifestyle creep since I uh, started making like a good salary. Has anything changed for you since you started working? Yeah, not being poor is nice. As a student, you have no money really. I actually had some money from working at a restaurant, but it's not scalable and there was no future there. So I'm much, much happier making money here from the comfort of my house, working with awesome people with a, in a career that has a future. But in terms of lifestyle creep, no, I've never really been materialistic. The things I do for fun are essentially free or close to free. As long as I'm with good people, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your opinion on the college experience, but I think we pretty well covered that. Because I, I think it's interesting. I've always thought it was interesting. Like I mentioned, when I was going to college, it was the only thing to do. There didn't seem to be another alternative. It was like, if you made the grades and you can go, then you go. And if you didn't, then maybe you don't, but you try to go if you can. And then what I've heard more recently is that, well, okay, fine. Maybe college doesn't give you skills or actually prepare you for a job, but what are you going to do without that experience? And I've found it interesting that I think the narrative is changing a little bit around college and it's like now it's slipping up and we're looking for secondary and tertiary reasons to be there instead of what was actually sold to us, which was you're going to learn skills, you're going to be more marketable, you're going to make more money than your peers who do not go to college, you will be more successful. And I think that that, that narrative has changed quite a bit here in just the last few years, not to mention the amount of money. I mean, you mentioned it's nice not to be poor um, and I, I can imagine that would be nice, but I imagine you save quite a bit of money by sort of tapping out of college early. I think you you mentioned maybe a couple of years earlier than if you went ahead and finished out that four-year degree. And I mean, I was looking at the numbers. I was sort of preparing for the, the show a little bit. And it looks like fifty dollars to $150,000 per year is the national average if you consider you know books and boarding. And that's the national average per year for a college degree. So I can imagine you probably save somewhere between $100,000 and $300,000 for the typical person nationwide by not doing those last couple of years. Plus, you save two years of your life where you're actually earning income. So, I mean, just the financial play alone is massive, I think, for people listening who are you know, questioning, should I do this? But I think there's a hybrid approach, at least in my mind. So I wanted to pitch this idea to you and see what you thought. For people out there who are just now graduating college, or maybe they're in college and they're like, hey, you know, I don't know what I'm doing? Is this really the right decision? I'm not sure I have the vision or the direction. So how would it look if someone just opted to take one semester off? Because when we look at the averages, it's about five months from starting the Talent Stacker program to landing a job. So that would be one semester you've taken off. Is that a reasonable idea to tell someone, you know, just press pause for one semester? And then if it doesn't pan out for you in that six-month period, or you don't see the light, then just hop back in in the next semester? I think that's a great approach, actually, especially if you take a spring semester, you can combine it with some of the summertime. And that will definitely give you an option to give it a, its its honest try. I would definitely recommend that to anyone who's in college, because a lot of our us who are in college, we're not sure what we want to do. And that's part of the reason we're here. It's really hard when you tell a 20 year old, OK, you're going to choose something and it's going to matter for the next 20 years until you change out of that industry. So giving them the option just to try something else is great and not shaming them if they don't end up wanting to do that. But encouraging the young person just to go and try something is the most important. I agree. I was one of those 
students, when I first went to college, <laughs> I think my major, the major I picked was accounting, took a long hiatus to like figure myself and my life out, actually went back to college for hospitality management, which was completely different. And yeah, you, you just, it's too young. And like, you, you haven't lived to know what you want to do for like the rest of your life. Like it's such a, yeah, I'm not a fan of college, unless like you're trying to become a doctor or something you have to go. But otherwise, I mean, if you want to get into tech, Salesforce is a great option. Yeah, you definitely don't need a college degree. Yeah. I think the couple paths that I see in front of me that where my friends are thinking what to do is either going to a trade or going to college. Outside of that, it seems like either you're going to be poor because you're working a job that doesn't require skill, or you're going to have to find some kind of niche way that you can get money without either a trade or a college degree. And this is one of those niche ways, except it's really well thought out because there's a whole community behind you that lays out the steps of exactly how to get there and how to land that job with just a Salesforce certification and some communication skills. And that low barrier to entry is really motivating because you don't have to do a trade or college. There are more options and you don't have to be working a low-skilled job. Yeah, I think those are all great points. I mean, I think if anything, you know, in the show, we're not really trying to hate on college or say that it's not a valid choice for anyone. But I think it's important to be thoughtful with all the decisions we make, and especially when we make a decision that's going to be four years of our life and potentially, you know, even if you hack this thing left and right, you're still going to be left tens of thousands of dollars out. And if you don't, you go to an out-of-state fun school with a great football team and whatever else, then you're probably going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. So it's at least important to be thoughtful on the decision and figure out, am I just turning away from Salesforce or any, I think, alternative approach because it's scary to go against the grain? Or am I going to college for a reason? And if you've got a great reason and you know exactly why you're going, awesome. But if you're not sure, then really we're saying there's a path where you take a pass on one semester and you can see if this alternative could be right for you. So I imagine, again, I'm trying to think for the audience a little bit, the parents out there are probably thinking, okay, so if I enlighten my kid to these ideas and tell them, you should hop on Trailhead and you should check out the Salesforce for Everyone podcast and see what this is all about. I think my concern would be, is it really going to pan out? Or are they going to get in there and realize, man, they don't really know enough about business to succeed? Sure, they landed the job with some good interview skills and communication skills. But once they got in there, they realized, whoa, I'm way over my head. So can you talk a little bit about how things are going? Like, How long have you been in your role? And are you seeing that path forward? Would you define it as being successful? Or is it you know, more confusing? You feel like you're missing out on something because maybe you're a little too young to pivot into a true career. Yeah, that's a really valid concern. It's that way with anyone, even if you're coming out of college or whatever. A lot of people don't have business knowledge. I think a lot of places are willing to teach you in exchange for a starting salary. You know, people with those skills can command a very, very high salary and people without can still add a lot of value, but you just can't command as high a salary, but you can learn on the job. And that's been my experience. So it's been 10 months here at my job. I've learned a ton about business processes and improving communication skills, note-taking skills, all that stuff. And my team has been super supportive and understanding that I am coming from a place of little experience, but that's not stopping me from making progress Partially because I'm so I'm new, there's not there's not old habits they have to rewrite. I'm a blank slate for them to I think that's part of why they um offered me the position because they saw that I'm receptive to feedback 
And that's one thing my teammates tell me all the time is they're just happy to teach me. So there's really nothing wrong with not knowing. There's only an issue if you're stubborn and you act like you know a lot when you're still beginning. Yeah. So I think this goes back to, it, it reminds me a little bit, you know, when I hear you talk about that, like the, the company's willing to train you and they're willing to work with you and you're a blank slate and all these things. It, it reminds me, I can't remember if it was the first episode or maybe the second episode of this podcast, but we talked about just the intense demand in the Salesforce ecosystem and the pay scales that are out there. And I'm sure when a company looks at what's available and they're looking through the resume stack and they're going, okay, this person has two years experience. We need to budget $120,000 for them. Or this person over here has five years experience. They'd be amazing, but they're like $200,000. Or we can get someone who is a blank slate. They're malleable. We can work with them. And maybe we only have to pay them like sixty or $70,000 to get their foot in the door. We're going to save money. We can train them up. They're going to be just as capable as anyone else we would have hired within the next six months. So I think I just wanted to bring some transparency into like why a company would be willing to do that. Because I think when you're not in the Salesforce ecosystem and you're just in you know some of these other industries, you're like, no, that's absurd. This has to be an isolated situation because no company would ever do that repeatedly. But they absolutely would because it's actually a great hiring method in order to bring people in at a reasonable price in this ecosystem and train them up. I mean, you're you're likely at this point making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for the company you're working for. And they're as far as a return on investment, you are an incredible investment for them. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I like how you said, oh, it's only sixty or seventy thousand from the company perspective, because like me coming from hospitality background, I'm like, okay, I got a four-year degree and I wasn't even making that much as a manager. And to think starting salary starts that high. And like, it's surprising, but we've seen it time and time again. So many people landing jobs like that's on the low end. Like we've seen the salary ranges increase over the past year, at least. So we've talked a lot about how you, you know, were at that precipice where you were trying to decide, do I want to finish high school even, much less do I want to go through with college. But a lot of people are mid-career transitioners, right? Like a talent stacker, I would say the majority of people that we see are not coming out of college or high school. They're typically a good 10 years into whatever career they're doing already. And for whatever reason, they're saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I thought I could do this for 40 years. I can't. 10 is enough. I got to do something else or I'm going to go crazy. And especially how the modern job market has changed and after the pandemic, people are much more aware of remote jobs and the freedom of working from home and not commuting and just everything that goes into that. So we are seeing a lot more mid-career transitioners right now. And I think one of the top things that comes to mind for them is how do I transition into a new career? And being that college was the only answer to success, especially you know for those of us who've been in a career for 10 plus years, our knee-jerk reaction is, okay, well, I guess I need to go back to college and get another degree, but things have changed quite a bit. And that's not necessarily the answer anymore. As we've talked about that, I guess, what are your thoughts on that, Anita? Like, you know, it was just over a year ago that you transitioned into a Salesforce career. Was college on your mind? And, and how would you talk to people who were sort of going through that same process? And if that could be a valid choice? Yeah. So I think for me and a lot of the other people who were in our careers already have gone through college. <laughs> the big reason we like made the decision to switch was the pandemic. I mean, you were either furloughed, laid off, 
or just, you know, you had a lot of time alone at home to think about, wow, I really don't like this career. What can I do next? And for me, when I was furloughed, you know, maybe if I had an idea of what I wanted to do next, I might have gone back to college. But honestly, it didn't even come into my mind because I, I wasn't ready to like pay that much money to go back to school for like, I already paid a bunch of money for this degree. And now it's like useless. So why am I going to go back to school, pay more money and maybe get laid off again in the future? No. So for myself, I, I was looking at all the, like the free online sites that were available like Udemy or at the time it was linden.com now it's LinkedIn Learning, Coursera. There were so many out there that I was just seeing like what else I could do. But college was not really on the top of mind for me, at least. Do you think, I mean, I guess this is a question for you, Nicholas, like, do you think being that I think we all need to learn from each other, you know, I think if we're looking at different generations and you have people like Anita and I in our thirties and, you know, there are other people transitioning into Salesforce careers, you know, in their forties, fifties, even sixties. And I think a lot of times we expect the older generations to teach the younger generations, but I think there's, you know, a lot of learning that can go both ways. So given your perspective, having just made this transition and opting out of college, you know, ultimately altogether, do you see a, a path where you could be looking at someone who is mid-career, maybe they're in their 30s or 40s? Do you see any path where college is a valid answer to the question at that point? Yeah, there's plenty of uh, of industries where a college degree is really valuable. Salesforce just isn't one of them. So, you know, if you don't have a degree or you're not sure if your degree is relevant, it isn't Salesforce because nothing's relevant. So you can just go in it without anything. And But if you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a doctor, an accountant, all that stuff, probably a college degree is the way to go, but not for Salesforce. Yeah, I think that brings up a point. I would love to get Charles' opinion on this. So we see a lot of people who have college degrees, right? And they're thinking, was that valuable? And they've been told time and time again that that degree they got was not valuable. There's like one side of the fence that is saying, you got a worthless degree. And then there's the other side of the fence saying, well, you got really valuable experience while you were in college. And that was an experience that you had. And they're sort of hearing both sides. What do you think about people who have a college degree and they're probably at least having thoughts about like, was that useless? I've already done it now. Like you guys can't talk me out of college. I already did it. And you're telling me not to go back. So is there any value in that degree? Like, let's imagine it's something like communication. It's not a bad degree. It's not, you know, maybe the most advisable degree, but it's somewhere in the middle. Is there value to having that? And the reason I bring up communication is someone just asked me about that. They're like, I have a communication degree. Everybody tells me it's worthless. Do you think transitioning into a Salesforce career, having a four-year degree has value, even though it's not necessary? It's hard to say for sure. In my experience, as tough as it is to say, I do think it, it's not worth a lot. You know, maybe you did learn things during it. Maybe you've got better writing skills, better communication skills. But I think the degree itself is often irrelevant in our industry. So I think it's really important to be appreciative of any experiences you got there and any soft skills you learned, because those things are going to be with you for the rest of your life. I think Nicholas got it spot on. Like when he said it's not worth a lot, like, yes, you do get a lot of transferable skills and soft skills while you're going to college. But the amount of money you're investing on that degree, like the return on investment uh, is not the same. Yeah, I think in my opinion, the one thing you really garner from whatever degree you might have is feeling a little less like an imposter. 
when you're transitioning, like a lot of times you'll see job descriptions that are just copy paste and it'll say requires a four year degree. And I think a lot of people who don't have a degree look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, like they're going to find out and I'm not qualified when really no one cares. Like no one's looking at that. We've talked to, you know, plenty of recruiters who are like, look, no one's going behind the scenes discussing candidates and going, well, they both interviewed well, but that one has a college degree. It's just not happening. So I would say at least when you're looking at job descriptions and you see that four-year degree, it'll probably make you feel a little bit better about applying for the job. But to both of your points, you know, it's widely irrelevant unless you have something like a computer science degree or something very applicable to this industry. Yeah. Now, like if you're getting a Salesforce job that like works in the industry your degree in is in, that will definitely help you land your first role. Like having that background knowledge is extremely helpful. But in general, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you did already go to college and you're wondering if it's worth it, it's really not a big deal. It's in the past. You know, if you're looking to save money elsewhere, just don't buy a new car like a lot of people do and you'll make it up already. So no need to worry about that. Yeah. So before we, you know, wrap up the show, Nicholas, if you wouldn't mind like talking to all of those, you know, high school kids finishing up high school, maybe the people who are currently in college trying to figure out what to do and what their path is forward, what advice would you have for them? And, you know, figuring out if Salesforce might be a path. Yeah. First, I would listen to the stories of people who are working in the industry right now. See if the lifestyle resonates with you, if the work resonates with you, and if the salaries sound like something you're interested in. Then just go on Trailhead. If you make it that far, if it still sounds interesting, go on Trailhead, mess around a little bit, do some badges, and see if the platform seems like something you'd be okay working with. And then just if you're still on board at that point, just go get certified and then just try to land your job because you can do it without a degree with just some communication skills and a certification. Yeah, those are really good points. And there are really, you know, simple, I think, straightforward ways that at Talent Stacker we have facilitated testing out Salesforce. So my first piece of advice would be try out the free Salesforce five-day challenge at talentstacker.com forward slash start. So if you do that, that's going to walk you through trailhead, exactly what to focus on in that training platform, how to start branding yourself on LinkedIn, how to get hands-on experience, and really what you're up against in a Salesforce career. And as Nicholas mentioned, try to focus on getting that first certification. And if you get that far, I would seriously consider taking a semester off and just going full force to see if, you know, let me turn the certification into a job. And I mean, even leading up to that, I don't think you have to go all the way through with getting the certification. Even if you're like, I get it. I've heard the stories. I see what's happening out there. This is clearly a path forward and just go for it. But I would highly recommend, you know, at least finding the time to seriously put the time in when it comes to getting certified, applying for jobs, doing interviews and all those things that, that go into actually landing the job. Just make sure you actually put the effort in and find the time to put that effort in. And to add on to that, to all the parents out there listening to this, thinking like, oh my God, am I really going to tell my kid not to go to college and to just go straight into Salesforce? One, go to talentstacker.com forward slash stories and check out real live testimonials of people who have like gone through the program, landed their job and making more money than most college graduates do. So like, think about this way, you're saving money by not paying ridiculous amount of funds for your kid's college 
they are doing a program that's much faster than four years. As Nicholas can say for himself, he joined the program three months into it, he landed his job. And like, you're just setting them up for success by letting them start early working, making a lot more money. So they have more time to invest. It's just like a win win. If anything, you know, think of it as a gap year. It's very popular um, outside the States for college students to take a year off to explore what they actually want to do in life. Why not take a gap year in college? So anyways, to summarize everything, college bad, Salesforce good. All right. So that does it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and at least have you know some things to consider and some things to think about when it comes to college or alternatives to college. In our next episode, we have a ton to cover, but I'll let Anita talk a little bit about that. Yes, we have another very special guest coming on in the next episode. She comes from a healthcare background, left a really toxic workplace and pivoted into a Salesforce career where she's much happier. Our special guest is going to be Carly Myers. So thank you everyone for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to go back and catch up on episodes one through eight. Those are going to tell you exactly how to land a Salesforce job. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button if you're enjoying the podcast and you're really getting value for it. And if you could leave us a written five-star review, that would be amazing too. We would really appreciate it. And once again, for all of our free resources, make sure to head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start, and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <Perfect. laughs> Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonca. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.